everybody. This is Bill Cameron from The Drive. Podcasts of The Drive are presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, now hiring for great-paying skilled trade positions. Call 334-209-6355 to learn more. Thanks for listening. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. TGIF. Yes, it is the Friday edition of The Drive. A beautiful Friday. I mean, it, it is gorgeous. Breezy, sunny. Now, yeah, it's blowing a little of the pollen around. But still, it is beautiful. Uh, if you don't mind, you know, the, the yellow coating on, on anything that sits outside for very long. But welcome into The Drive. Bill, Dan, and Drew, the regular crew here in the WOW Business Studio. That's right. You can get the speed you need with super fast business internet. Switch to WOW Business. Visit wowforbusiness.com to find out more. Hour number one of the drive brought to you as usual by Kia of Auburn on South College and kiaofauburn.com. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. And also the sponsor of our hotline, the number where we welcome in guests and callers, 334-321-1390. You can also text us with the Drive text box presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. Send your question or comment to 334-564-1840. And Bill, before we get to our special guest, tell everybody about the new addition to Auburn Networks because we've to the, to the, uh, to the To the family, yes. That's right. Uh, yeah, Tiger Country 1045, 104.5. Uh, it is uh, classic country, the best country music ever made. Primarily 70s, 80s, 90s, but you'll hear some 60s. You'll hear some uh, more recent than that. I heard a George Strait song uh, yesterday on classic country, on, on, on Tiger Possum, Country. Uh, and I heard uh, a Merle Haggard song. It was a sad yep. one about making it through December. Uh, it's, it was, uh, we make it through this. That's episode. right. A Merle Haggard yeah, song, but it was, uh, but no, I heard some, some great stuff there. So check out a uh, tiger country, not during our show, of course, but, but you know, other times throughout the day, yeah, I, I wish we could play it. We could play some in the background. They probably, they Ooh. wouldn't like that though. During commercial breaks, we'll check in on tiger country and All see right. what they played occasionally throughout um, the, uh, the show. Going to be a fun show. Tiger, tiger country one Oh four five. Yeah. Going to be a fun show. Jason Caldwell is usually with us on Wednesdays, but this Wednesday there was the, uh, viewing window. There was there were player interviews. There were there was a viewing window. Um, today, this is something here. Here is some, here is something new uh, for us in the media for a while. We're going to get to view the last half hour or so of the scrimmage, which is going on right now. And. Uh, and 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 Dan has kindly agreed to uh, hang around here. And let me go over and and uh, uh, check out the the last of the scrimmage today. So I'll leave a little after five. Jason will be over there, I'm sure, as well. But uh, since he wasn't with us on Wednesday, he's kindly agreed to join us for a little while here today. And let's go ahead and get to the Kia of Auburn hotline 
and welcome in Jason Caldwell from inside the Auburn Tigers and AUTigers.com. JC, how you doing today? I'm good, guys. How about y'all? Doing fine, man. This is uh, this is very uh, ple- pleasant news that we're going to actually. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how much they'll be doing from five thirty on, but that still um, that is a change, and it's been a while since we've we've actually been invited to watch uh, any scrimmaging. Yeah, and, and from what I understand, it came from from the staff themselves. They're the ones yep. that said, "Hey, how about how about we open it up?" And so, uh, yeah, it, I, it's it's been much much different the last couple of weeks than it was last season. Obviously, first year a lot of COVID restrictions still, but no, it's 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 definitely a, an open change for the better so far. Uh, you know, Brian Harson very the first day we you know we talked to him the first day of practice, he was very upfront about. You know, kind of injury, some of those things. Uh, you know, tonight that'll be really the the biggest part of the story for me. It's it, not necessarily what happens in the scrimmage, but an update on some of the guys. Uh, you know, Zach Calzada. You know, right? What's what's the plan for him moving forward? What will he be able to do this spring? Um, Jarquez Hunter. You know, those are things that that probably the the bigger questions for me. The scrimmage. You know, obviously. You know, because we'll get. You know, we'll get the line of we hadn't watched film yet, and and some of those. It's hard to <laughs> right. really, for those guys to really tell right after a scrimmage what what's going on. But you know, Brian Harson has not hesitated to to mention names. Uh, you know, he's mentioned uh, Caleb Wood, and he's mentioned individual names early in the spring, which is a welcome change also because it, it gives some people an an idea of some of these guys that, from a coach's point of view, have already maybe caught their eye a little bit. Yeah, now since the last time uh, we we spoke here on the drive, um, a, a couple of changes to the roster with uh, D. Davis and Road Torrance uh, entering the transfer portal. Yeah, um, a little surprised with Road Torrance. Um, I thought he was a guy that that would be able to help this team, and I, I think he could have helped this team um, from a depth standpoint at, at, at corner. I my guess is, and I don't know, and maybe he'll tell. Or you know, but I think he probably was hoping that he was going to be in line to be a starter after he coming from junior college and playing for a year. And Jalen Simpson and Nehemiah Pritchett are, I think, locked in at the two starting corner spots unless something drastically happens. I mean, those guys have been around; they've played a lot of good football. And so I think for him, you look at that, and you look at a guy like Jadarian Rim, JD Rim, stepping mm-hmm. up early in camp. I think it opened the door for him to go. Mm-hmm. Let's go somewhere where I maybe have a much better shot of getting on the field early. And as far as Demetrius Davis, I, we we've been talking about this really since last what November December that we we I thought it was a, an eventuality that it was going to happen. Uh, I'm kind of surprised that he didn't do it at the end of last semester and started this spring. I do wish he would have finished the spring out. Just go ahead and finish it, um, get some reps, and work a little bit. But now he'll have a chance to kind of figure out what he wants to do. I just don't think he was a good fit in this system. Um, it's just not made for him. I think he can be a good quarterback, but I think it's going to be in a system where it's um, up-tempo, quarterback run, maybe the short passing game, quick game, some of those things. He's just not a guy that's made to stand in the pocket and throw the ball down the field and, and throw the deep out and do some of those things that they want in this offense. Yeah, so uh, so the quarterback uh, battle is down to four with, as you said, Zach Calzada obviously limited, uh, wearing the you know he's got the protection there on the on the left shoulder, but um, pretty much 
apparently going through the drills, maybe not getting quite as many throws as everybody else, but but he's uh, he, he he shouldn't be falling that far behind in the in, in the drill work that he's getting here this spring. No, yeah, he'll be you know all the meetings, learning the offense, doing all those things. You know, he he'll be in all those situations. It's not going to have the team situations where there's a chance he's going to get knocked down or, 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 you know, anything like that. So, you know, those are pretty valuable reps when you start talking about going up against the defense. I don't think you'll see much of those. But they do have the opportunity. To, they'll be watching film, and so he can learn while he's while he's doing that. Um, I just, you know, the question is how long will that take? You know, I, my, you know, we're already only a couple of weeks away, really, from, from the A-Day game. Right. And, right. and they're kind of rolling through this. I wouldn't envision that he's going to get turned loose anytime soon, um, unless you know Ron Harson may tell us different. But I think it's going to be tough for him and for them because of that to really make a a big time judgment. You know, we didn't, th- which we didn't think was coming anyway. I didn't, I didn't, you know, I'd expect a quarterback to be named in the spring. But obviously, what it does is it gives Robbie Ashford. And Holden Gardner, mm-hmm. a lot more opportunities to to maybe catch somebody's eye because T.J. Finley was going to get him. He's the most experienced guy. He's the only guy that's ever taken snaps in this offense before, so he's going to have a, a chance to to really, I think, you know, at least hold on to things for a while because of that experience. But it gives those other guys a chance. And I tell you what, physically, those guys have what it looks like physically. We'll see what they look like in kind of running the show. Yeah, Jason, we we sort of expected, I think, that the quarterback battle would be narrowed to two. I don't know if anybody, barring a you know a, a guy just completely elevating over everyone else, you know, we didn't think that the quarterback you know matter would be settled uh, this spring. But now it feels like a genuine possibility that it could still be a three or even a four man quarterback battle throughout. Uh, the the period between the end of spring and the beginning of fall practice in August. Yeah, I I don't envision it being any smaller than three, um, because I think Zach Calzada is the guy that is going to be in the mix, and you kind of have to almost have to hold a spot for him at this point. I, I think you, I just I can't see it being a four man race. I think you have to go. Hey, these three are guys. Here's who we're looking at. Um, and kind of focus on them. It's it's almost impossible. Here's the, the tough part about it right now is is you got you got three or four guys that quarterback trying to take reps, and right now there's only five healthy scholarship wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a small group, so you're limited in, in kind of what you're able to do. It's a lot of base offense, um, using the tight ends and those things, which they were going to do anyway. But you know, it's not like you can. Can line up uh, and go three or four wide and do a bunch of different things right now. It, it, it makes it a little more limited than what they're able to do. Yeah, that, that's uh, one of the things, and, and we'll see how much they're still doing by the time we're able to come in. Today is just, uh, you know, I'm expecting to see two tight ends pretty much on the field all the time, at least here during the spring, because just of the lack of receivers. Yeah, I think, that, you know, it's a must right now. They don't have much of a choice but to be able to do that to, to get those guys on the field. You all have to, uh, to spread it out to use some of those tight ends to get those guys involved. Talking with Jason Caldwell here for the uh, first uh, portions of the Friday edition of the drive. Obviously, Jason, since the last time we talked, I mean, you were you were staying here in town, and Auburn was still alive in the uh, in the NCAA tournament. Uh, sadly, bumped up in Greenville. Yeah, 
Yeah, no, obviously not the finish that they wanted in terms of you know the way they played um, at the end of the season, SEC tournament, NCAA tournament. Uh, it's not what they envisioned, but it's part of what happens in a tournament setting where it's one game. It's why it's the it's the most fun and probably the most uh, frustrating at the same time uh, tournament to watch because you never know what's going to happen. It's all about a given night. And for Auburn, when the shots fail, they're really good. When they didn't, you know, they struggled at times. Oh, certainly, and it's remi- it's a reminder of how magical the 2019 postseason run was for Auburn because th- those are incredibly special. I mean, you don't see teams routinely make Final Four runs anymore, and we're on the verge, depending on what happens tonight. Providence beating Kansas would be a pretty significant upset. Yeah, but if that, it, well, that would be the final number one. But if, it, they did if, that. if it happens, that would be the, it'd be the first time ever that we don't have a one seed in yep. the Elite Eight. You know, which mm-hmm. is sort of a sign of of even teams that that were less flawed than Auburn going into the NCAA tournament have also struggled uh, with with teams that maybe people didn't expect them uh, to struggle with. I don't know how many folks had North Carolina beating Baylor. I don't know how many folks had St. Peter's beating Kentucky. Uh, and, and last night, Arkansas beating Gonzaga. Shocked some people. Uh, you know, let's, uh, uh, your, your thoughts on the, uh, on the tournament thus far and how it relates to, uh, yeah, the reminder to keep things in perspective with Auburn. Yeah, uh, no, it's hard. It's hard to win in the NCAA tournament. It's hard to to make runs and do it, you know. Especially nowadays, you know, we. I, I think everybody's talked parity before. We've never seen parity like we see now because of, you know, fifth and sixth year seniors on teams. How much of an advantage that is. How big it is for them in terms of experience. New faces on other rosters, transfers that can make a, a huge impact. Um, all of the above. It's it's. You know, it's such a different game now, and it doesn't show up as much in the regular season <clears throat> as it does when you get, like I said, a one-team, a one-game playoff. And one-game playoff, anything can happen, and we've seen that happen right now in this in this postseason for sure. No question about it. Well, uh, speaking of transfers, uh, Auburn, Auburn with uh, an addition to the transfer portal is Devin Cambridge yesterday announcing that uh, – um, that, that he is entering the transfer portal as his brother, who was a uh, starting guard at Nevada this past year, has done as well. So uh, an opportunity, it looks like, for, for those guys to play together. Um, man, the, 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 the transfer portal is just getting cranked up in basketball. I mean, uh, some, some, some players may still be on teams that are going, others, um, you know, making decisions as to what to do. I saw where, uh, where, where Nathan mentioning a player that would seem to sort of fit Devin Cambridge yesterday. There was talk about Eric Stevenson from South Carolina. Today, uh, Auburn among a slew of teams that are after yet another player with LSU connections. This one, Brandon Murray, who um, was a, a starter as a freshman at LSU this past year, a 6'5 wing player originally from Baltimore, and, and Auburn's among quite a few schools that have already expressed interest in Brandon. Yeah, it's, um, it, you know, we talk about the wild, wild west. The wild, wild west in basketball <laughs> transfer market is, is legit because of how much one player can make an impact and make a huge difference in a program. I mean, we've seen it in this postseason, how much of a difference it can be for one just one player. But, yeah, Brandon Murray's a really talented player. Obviously, Auburn in the mix, and I think in, in pretty good shape right now for Johan Traore, mm-hmm. who's a former LSU commitment, a five-star big man. And You start talking about the the ability to uh, um, 
you know, make some of those plays and, um, you know, do some of the things they need to do from a physical standpoint. And, um, you know, he's a guy that can, can do it, but Brandon Murray's a guy that's proven in this league, has, like I said, a full year of experience. And if you're Auburn, you know what you need and you look at the NCAA tournament and you look at the value of, of dynamic wings, guys at, at the three position that can, can guard small and big, that can score at the rim, but, but shoot the ball from the three. Um, it's, it's, it's now become as important a position as anything. Um, when you look at the way the game's played and I mean, you, you've seen it like, I mean, watching teams that have been successful, watching teams that have moved on. Um, you know, Duke's point guard stepped up last night and, and made plays for them, but it was about making shots. They made shots when they had to. Um, Gonzaga did not make a shot, and you know Arkansas's defense has been really good. That's not the first time they've done that to people, but that's what it's all about. Can you make enough shots to win? And um, you know Auburn wasn't able to do that down the stretch. No, and, and yeah, Brandon Murray as a true freshman averaged at even ten points, um, about three rebounds and two assists a game, thirty-four percent three-point shooter. So uh, yeah, that there, there's no question why people are after him. He's a six-five, two hundred and fifteen-pound wing. So, so yeah, I mean, uh, physical, yes. physicality. I, mean, I think I think about that watching, watching Arkansas, watching Texas A and M, watching mm-hmm. Duke. And the first thing that strikes me is is how different and 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 I don't I don't know that Auburn adjusted to it mm-hmm. well, but you know Stephen Pearl talked about it after the loss to Miami. Going, look, you can play different in the postseason than you do in regular season. They are they're beating beating each other to death last night, and Duke had two fouls in fourteen minutes. Yeah, I mean that was a physical basketball game, and they just let them go. I mean they're at the rim; it didn't matter where it was, and they let those things go. And I think for Auburn, that's the thing. I think length, size, <clears throat> they're going to add some of that. Obviously, um, you know, with the signee class, but you know, adding more of those guys that can can play that style of play in the postseason, you, you just got to have that that style of basketball. Yeah, we wondered if if the size, you know, what you know, Auburn was routinely using, you know, undersized, talented, skilled guards, but guys that were undersized against. You know a lot of major conference competition, and I, I we talked to somebody who was at the, the 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 games in Greenville and watched Michigan State play Duke before Auburn played Miami and said it there there was a noticeable difference physically in the guards you saw in the Michigan Michigan State Duke game as opposed to to what Auburn had on the court often during the season, and you wonder if that'll be something they try to address in the off season as you know maybe it was a problem in the Miami game too. Yeah, I, I think it's a you know it's an issue. It's something they've dealt with um, at times, uh, but again, I think it all comes down to you know if you make shots, then everything's okay. But when you don't make shots, and you have to you have to change the style of play a little bit, have to figure out how you're going to you know respond and adjust. Then 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 what happens is the size becomes a major factor. It's not as big a factor when you're able to to make those shots from perimeter and knock down things and do all that, but well, when when they don't fall, and you got to take the ball to the basket, and you got to take it to the rim, then it becomes a much bigger issue. And again, that showed up especially late in the year. You're right, because a lot a lot of guys were more physically impressive looking than Jared Harper and Bryce Brown too. But when, right. the, when the shots go in, you know, a lot, a lot yeah. of that a lot of that stuff doesn't doesn't seem to matter. Yeah, no, it doesn't. Jason, can you hang with us for a couple more minutes? I'd love to get you to preview uh, the the the, the uh, baseball series against A and M. Yeah, absolutely. All right. We'll have a few more minutes with Jason. We need to take care of some business right back with you here on the Friday edition of The Drive.
Let's get back to The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Friday afternoon. Bill and Dan here in the Wild Business Studio. Drew at the controls, and we're uh, talking with Jason Caldwell on the Kia of Auburn hotline. Jason, of course, from inside the Auburn Tigers, AUTigers.com. We talked a little football with a scrimmage going on. Uh, I guess they've I guess they already started, right, Jason? I mean, if they're going to be wrapping up around 6. Yeah, I think sometime around now, so uh should be a you know, hour and a half or two hours or so. All right. And we talked a little basketball. Auburn baseball um, was able to get one out of three against uh, Ole Miss this past weekend. Man, Auburn baseball, you you see at times, you, man, you, you see the glimmers. One thing, Jason, they can swing the bats. Uh, it's just when they when they can put at least two of the three pieces together for the most part they've been a pretty solid defensive team it's just been two or three innings this year where where things have uh, sort of fallen apart and then getting through the pitching with uh, joseph gonzalez um you know still struggling with the the blister under the finger and finding guys that can give them a few innings as starters that's the key that's the key for me it it impacts the defense everything you do is can they find them a guy and they're not asking guys to throw complete games. No. They're actually, like, five innings. Hey, like, can you give me five strong innings and get us into the game? If this team gets five innings this weekend out of three guys, I think they win the series. I think it's as simple as that. I think that's where it starts. You can get the ball and, and get, get it to your bullpen, to the Carson Skipper, to Tommy Sheehan, eventually to Blake Burkhalter. Can you get it without having to use those guys in the second inning, in the third inning? Mm-hmm. That's that's what wears you out, and that's where they've been really the last couple of weeks. And so, I think it starts there. I think that's led to some of the defensive issues they did against Ole Miss. When you know you're you're you're, you're walking guys, you, you can't get into the flow of the game, and it really hurts you defensively. Um, so I think that's where it starts and ends for me. Is can they get quality starting pitching this weekend in Texas A and M? Yeah, and then um, I started to say Sunday because I'm not used to the Thursday through Saturday. And then on Saturday, just uh, uh, the the cloudless high sky pop that gets uh, that falls in there sort of um, did a lot of the damage early on. I mean, um, so it's it's just you know, still they got a game. They didn't get swept there in the Ole Miss in the Ole Miss series. And then I thought that was a big that, that was a big comeback win over in Montgomery against South uh, on on. Uh, was it t- Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday? Whenever this yeah, week, t- I, I can't remember. It was Wednesday. <laughs> I think it was yeah, Tuesday anyway, because we played Saturday then Tuesday. Yeah, but yeah, you know, just to find a way to win, um, show some guts. You're right to step up and you get down again, six to nothing. Can't get a start early, and, and you know they were able to overcome it. It's just so hard to do that to put yourself mm-hmm. in such a bind. And, um, fortunately for them, they'd already planned on using seven or eight different guys in that game, and so it didn't impact them that much. Other than you had to crawl out of an early hole, um, that was the biggest thing. But um, yeah, this team, you're right. This team can swing the bat. Um, Blake Rambush at the top, Sonny Desherry getting back healthy, Brooks Carlson getting healthy for the first time, and then you know Casey Howell and 
you know, you, obviously Brody Moore, those guys, the veteran guys, they've got some quality bats in this lineup. It's just a matter of getting stability on the mound and probably behind the plate, too. They used three different catchers again last right. weekend and used three different catchers on Tuesday night. Um, trying to find the right combination right now is the key. Jason, uh, I, I know uh, we're, we're getting close to our, our bottom of the hour break. Want to let everybody know? I mean, there's so much going on. I mean, as we mentioned, uh, the, the the transfer portal has has added a lot more. But I mean, recruiting, uh, Auburn doing a lot of recruiting as well. I mean, tons of things there at uh, autigers.com for folks to be checking out. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, there's there's lots of things going on. You can check us out. AUTigers.com, AuburnUndercover.com. We'll get you there as part of the 24-7 network. And also follow me on Twitter at ITATJason. All right, Jason. Hey, appreciate you spending a little time with us. Uh, uh, I'll see you over at the stadium in a little while. Yep, see you in a little bit. All right. Jason Good, good talking to you, Jason. Us. Yep, uh, Jason joining us, usually with us on Wednesdays. Uh, glad he was able to work things around. And, and, and again, uh, I, I agree with Jason. I, I want to I thank the uh the the folks who whoever made the decision over there in football to uh to let the media come in and check out a little bit of the scrimmage today. Feels like it might have been Lorando, right? I'm gonna say Lorando. Maybe, was but you know one. what I mean. Or Kirk, really? our buddy Kirk, right? Uh, yeah, but I, I, I'm Brian Harson. Brian Harson. I guarantee sure. he didn't say no. I mean, I really he has what? been much more open, and I think I think he does want. I think he wants uh, the folks covering the team to see some of what's going on and and how the guys are working together. I really do. Yeah, no, I, I think that the, I mean, for a long time, the trend was restrict access and hey, try it's, to it's keep everything secret. of the spring. Yeah, and, and you know what? I don't when think you, you're giving away a lot of secrets if here. You're, no, and if your program has, you know, if your program's uh, full of buzz, right, and, you, and you're out there, you, you, you've got people talking and everybody excited maybe you can control you know what what the meetings are yeah i think auburn much more use, yeah i think this 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 practice this group of spring practices you know there's there's no reason to keep a lot of secrets and yeah i think you can uh there, there's no harm in letting the media watch a few minutes of the scrimmage we need to get to our bottom of the hour break love for you to join in hey your thoughts on last night in the sweet 16 tonight Anything you want to talk about sports-wise, come on in and join us here on the Friday Drive. With Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. 28 minutes away from 5 o'clock here on this Friday afternoon. Beautiful Friday as uh, we welcome your calls, questions, comments, anything you want to talk about. All right, so we spent the first half hour talking with Jason, uh, Jason Caldwell, mostly uh, about Auburn. We talked a little bit about the NCAA tournament. Uh, some more 
great action last night. And fewer and fewer number ones as we move on. As we said a while ago, if, if Providence beats Kansas, it'll be the first time ever. No number one seeds in the Elite Eight. Yeah, I mean, it's the, I don't know how many folks had Kansas as the last number one standing in the, uh, in the draw. I mean, some, some people think they were maybe the most vulnerable seeming number one seed when the draw was released. But now here they are, one game away from the Elite Eight, while every other one seed in the field has, has been eliminated. I think you've got a couple of really compelling games tonight. I don't think anybody really knows what St. Peter's is. They're a, a big underdog to Purdue, just like they yeah, were. Yeah, that, that's what, one thing we do know they are. Yeah, they I are mean, a big underdog. They're a big underdog to Purdue, but they've been a big underdog in their they previous have. two games, too, and that hasn't stopped them. Purdue seemingly has a lot of advantages over the St. Peter's team, but they're playing really inspired ball. I kind of think the bubble bursts. Tonight, this oh, is, I do too. This is usually when I mean we've there seen, has never been a there's never been a 15 seed in the Elite Eight either. Right, I believe uh, Florida Gulf Coast um, made it two rounds, and then ran right. into, ran into a, a good yep. Florida team and couldn't recapture that same magic. I imagine the Purdue coaches have been watching a lot of the last two games to get an idea of what this uh, the St. Peter's team is. But I would think, uh, yeah, I mean, th- it feels like they're. You know, that, that ride may come to an end. Either Iowa State or Miami will be in the Elite Eight as a double-digit seed. has mm-hmm. to be, because those two teams are going to play each other. Miami's playing, I mean, we, we focused on the Auburn side of that game. Miami played great. Miami played like a team. They, they don't ever turn the ball over. They just do not turn it over. They played like a team you don't want to play this time of year because they, they can like adapt. They played like a really experienced team. They did. They are. A bunch of 20, a bunch of grown men. Iowa State has gotten hot since the uh, since the tournament started. They were playing they were playing their worst basketball of the season. They, Iowa they State. They had that game where they didn't score 40. Iowa State. Here's here's their march. Uh they lost at home to Oklahoma State 53-36. Then they went to Baylor and lost by 7 in the uh, finale uh, for the for the regular season. They lost forty. They lost seventy-two forty-one to Texas Tech in the Big Twelve tournament. So that's three straight losses to end the year. Two of them by seventeen or more. Two of them where they were held to forty-one or, or fewer less. points. Right. Then they go and they beat LSU, and then they beat Wisconsin. Now they've been they've been, they've been low-scoring games. I would imagine tonight's game won't be a super well, high-scoring game so between too. Miami and and Iowa State. I, I've been. I mean, Iowa State's ability to make other teams play terrible offense. Is, is really impressive, but I think Miami's going to beat them tonight. And then there's UNC and UCLA, man. I mean, that's, I mean, that's that, one for oh, the, that's the marquee matchup. No question, no question about it. Um, I mean, and it's crazy. I mean, it's, it's UCLA's like physicality, which is something, man, you saw. I don't know that I've seen a couple of games more physical than the ones we saw last night. Arkansas, Gonzaga, was I mean physical as could be Duke Duke you Duke, Duke Texas Tech I'm telling you that's yeah. what I'm saying there were some ridiculously physical basketball and Houston might win last it all. night Houston might yeah, win no it all. kidding that's a Houston team good enough to beat yep. anybody left in this field we were gonna say whoever... I didn't watch any I didn't watch any of the Villanova Michigan game because they ended up being on exact I mean I'd flip yeah, it I over didn't either. during during a timeout and it would always be. One of their timeouts at the same time. Right. I, I didn't want to turn away from the Arkansas no. game because I kept thinking there was a Gonzaga I'm run for coming. The Zag run. And then you're, yeah, by, by the time, felt like Villanova's lead was comfortable by, by the time I, I flipped over and, and caught the, the very right. end of that basketball game. No, Villanova's playing as well as anybody left in the field. We talked to Joe Champy mm-hmm. a week ago, and, and he was, um, uh, he, he was he was optimistic that Villanova could be, as, you know, could, could beat anyone left in this draw. I mean, look, look right now, and you have. 
This is before the Sweet 16 is even finished. With half of the Sweet 16 left to be played, you have one one seed and two two seeds. That's the most you can have in the Elite Eight. So the Saturday matchups are set. Five o'clock on TBS, Houston and Villanova. Who's winning that one, Bill? Ooh, that'll be a good game. Isn't that That's one a good a game? Really good. What do you game. think the line is? Uh, I would just because Villanova's a two seed, I'd say they're about a one and a half. It's in San Antonio, Texas. Keep that in mind too. Oh, okay. Houston Villanova in San Antonio. Well, then, I, then I don't know. I mean, that's about a pick. Em the Houston Cougars are a two point favorite right now over Villanova in that game. That's going to be a great game. Yes. And then, not to be outdone, how about Arkansas and Duke for a trip to the to the for a trip to the Final Four with the uh, with, with the Duke Blue I, Devils? I, I think Coach K gets win number one hundred one. What do you think the line is there? And that game is in San Francisco, California. Uh, well, did you see that? Did you see that stat that this was the first ever win for Duke in the Pacific Time Zone? It's amazing. It tells you how good they've been that they're always but, in the East. But you know what? They send a lot of finance and tech bros to the Bay Area. They're yeah. going to have a, a, a healthy, oh, yeah. healthy Duke uh, contingent will be in the Duke, Chase Duke's Center. About, Duke's about a three, four point. Favorite. Duke's a four point favorite yeah. over Arkansas. Yeah, and I, I agree. I think Arkansas. I'm not counting them out. They beat Gonzaga last no, night. Like no. don't don't count them out. They're going to have to recapture some of that magic. Is Duke on paper maybe a better matchup for Arkansas than Gonzaga is? It probably I mean, is they, on paper. And, and, you know, I know a lot of people have expressed their disdain, their dislike for Eric Musselman. Uh, he's, you know, it's only it's three years at Arkansas, and his team was on fire yeah. when when COVID hit. Yeah, no, and then Elite Eight each of the last two years. Yeah, nobody nobody goes to the Elite Eight every year except apparently right. Eric Musselman. Yeah. who you know is is working on uh, if he can go next year he'll go to three straight. And yeah, they got a great shot of going to the Final Four. That th- those are two great games. I know it's unfortunate. Yep. You know, some people would love to see Gonzaga or Arizona advance to another nah, round. I'm I'm fine. I think yeah, I think we got two great games on our My hands. My bracket, tomorrow. who cares? You know, it doesn't matter. No, I, don't, I don't even pay any attention. I mean, no, and I understand it's disappointing. Auburn's not involved in the uh, in in this in but this they're round. Not the only one. That's why I was saying one one and two twos. Right. So it's not like oh well, Auburn's such an embarrassment. If you're a fan of sports, if you're a fan of that big fight feel and and the uh, you know the stuff, the reason we watch. Like mm-hmm. these two games, you're gonna the games you're gonna get tonight, and the games you're gonna get tomorrow and Sunday. Oh, man, some of the great. some of the best college basketball you'll see. No question about it. We'd love for you to join Car- in. Is what, Carolina gonna win? Uh, I don't know. I, I you know they're they're and it's crazy. They're flashier. They seem, but no, I think UCLA is. I think UCLA is tougher. They're cagey, aren't they? They're like, tough. Well, it's because of Mick Cronin. It's Mick Cronin, and it's the fact that you got some sixth-year seniors around there. I mean, you got Tiger Campbell has been. I mean, I, Tiger Campbell's career game number has to be in the one thirties, one forties at UCLA. I mean, that guy's been around forever, which comes in handy when you're talking about point guards, mm-hmm. right? You don't, you don't, you don't hate having a point guard that, that's played, you know, six seasons of college basketball, you know, to, to this point in his uh, in his life. No, I, I think UCLA. Is a, uh, I mean, it's a they're counterpunchers, man. They're, it's a, it's a tough team to uh, to to eliminate, and I mean, they're as good. The odds are better on other teams winning it all. 
I don't know how many starting fives left in this field I would trade for UCLA's. You know what I mean? Like, I look at UCLA and I think, like, that, that's a... They've been there. They've been there yep, and they've, they've been got... been there, done that. I mean, between, yep. the, between the point guard experience, the guards that can score, Hawkes and, and Johnny Juzang, and the way the front court... I mean, they, they brought in... You bring in the, the starting five from last year's Final Four, and you, you bring in the best shot blocker in the Big Ten from Rutgers to come back home to Southern California, and you work him into the, into the starting rotation, too. And so now... I mean, I mean, they only got better in the uh, in the front court. I know they're dealing with uh, it's it's Hawkes who's maybe a little bit banged yeah, up. They're trying to figure out right, and and that's a guy who you know he's so explosive that if he's limited, it, it is going to be a you know it's, it's going to put a damper on what kind of game he can have. But no, I'm expecting a good one tonight between UCLA and USC. But I don't know how many teams. I mean, UCLA is. Uh, uh, that that is a that's a tough team to eliminate this time of year. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. That's the Kia of Auburn hotline, and we'll get to it. And Yellowhammer. Hey, Yellowhammer. Hey, afternoon. Uh, well, I got three questions. First question: When we uh, Auburn basketball, that is, played Arkansas, am I remembering correctly that they used four guards? Is that the team that did that? No, uh, no. Uh, that now who was. Well, I mean, the the latest was who Miami. I mean, but A and M was A and M was in the more, regular season. Oh, was it A and M who used yeah, four guards? Yeah, they were more like that than uh, than than Arkansas. Arkansas has got Jalen Williams. Uh, they've got. I mean, they've got, got a lot of tools in the toolbox yes, at Arkansas. Yes, they they can go big. They can go small. Yeah, J D. Jote took like thirty shots. They got a three point shooting side. giant. They never play. You know. Yeah, so I mean, there's true. there's there's a lot of different uh, aspects to that team. But they have sort of a traditional uh, staffing of each position. Yeah, they they are very athletic, man. They are they are aggressive. They're a uh, they're one of those they're one of those kinds of teams that uh, it's not any fun to play because they're gonna they're gonna hack they're gonna push they're gonna the, shove they're the gonna grab uh, and they're gonna get called for some fouls but they'll and but they'll. They'll get away with some. The front court's not huge. No. I mean, they've got they got a couple of guys. That, I mean, I think uh, Wade is is you know kind of big guard size, and he's sort of an undersized yeah, they got four, six, 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 seven, exactly. They, and they guards and forwards at, right. at that size, and then you know. They, but no, it's not a uh, it's not it's not a, a, an undersized team by any means. Well, I hated that. It's what eight o'clock or something like that before they play. Ah, it's Friday night. It's Friday night, Yellowhammer. So, yeah, but uh, I spazzed my bed down. Ah, uh, yeah. Let's. Uh, yeah, yeah. The the last well, I mean, the last know, the game, game tonight. Over till midnight. Yeah, the last right. game tonight. The Iowa State Miami game is supposed to tip at eight fifty nine. That means nine fifteen to nine thirty. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe I can do it. I'll try. <laughs> Okay, thanks. Appreciate the call, Yellowhammer. Well, that's the—I mean—that's the struggle with playing. I appreciate it, Yellowhammer. That, that's the struggle of playing two basketball games back to back as sort of a right. you know, as, as a as a television event. Is that you can either you can either start the first one so early that it limits how much people on the East Coast you, know, you want to, you don't want to start it before seven o'clock Eastern, right? And well, and and because you'll you'll have folks on the East Coast who aren't home from work yet, right. you know, especially in the big cities, and you're starting it too early for people on the West Coast. Uh, to to watch yeah. it live at at a reasonable yeah, it's hour. Four o'clock in the afternoon. But I mean, they haven't even gotten off work. But the problem is when you start uh, a basketball game at seven oh nine and seven twenty nine p.m., which are reasonable hours. The problem is the games following those two games yep. could start yeah around nine thirty nine forty five on the uh, on the on the East Coast uh, p.m. It is a Friday night, and I think this is the these are the sorts of events where. Like you don't want to be a sitcom coming on at nine thirty on a Friday night every week, but a live event, you know. Well, I've a, seen some basketball games that have been like yeah. sitcoms at nine thirty, but 
Yeah, no, I mean, not not in this tournament. This this has really been a good tournament. Oh, this certainly. Really oh, oh no. This is we've gotten some. I some mean, we have not had we have not had a ton of just you know blowout. Forget about these. You know, it's not worth watching no, at it's, all games. It's unfortunate Auburn played in one of them. Yeah. No, because I mean, no, because you're right. For the most part, it's been a highly competitive. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I mean, we've, we've had some, so a, a few of the games that come but to that's mind. Fortunate in that there were a whole lot of people watching it. That's true. It yeah, like maybe that. maybe they turned Except over Auburn to, fans and Miami fans. Something more competitive. No, it, I mean between uh, Baylor, Carolina, which might still be the gold standard as far as the the best mm-hmm. basketball game I've seen in this thing. Gonzaga's played in a couple of them, right? The the Arkansas game and the Memphis game. Uh, Duke, Texas Tech. Was was great basketball oh, yeah. last night. That was awesome. So you know we've gotten some uh, we've gotten some really good basketball, and I expect that to continue as the uh, you know as as this thing this thing still feels wide open. Like it really does feel like. I mean, there's not there's not a team I would take versus the field right now to to win it all. It is uh, it, you know even though you got the one the one now, seed I'm left. Feel Houston but... right, but I mean, but Kansas is the one seed left. I, I mean, and and there's I mean. You got Duke. You got the Carolina UCLA winners going to be moving on. Like there's, uh, you know, there's some some heavyweights left in this thing, and I I can't wait to see how it ends up. We'll get to our final break here of hour number one. Uh, Love for you to join in here on the Friday Drive. The drive continues. 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 The drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. And on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. Final segment of hour number one of The Drive here on this beautiful Friday afternoon. Uh, let's see, we've got um, and there are all kinds of things going on. A- equestrian is competing uh, in the uh, SECs. You've got gymnastics getting ready. You know, they're, they're in the uh, regional. Um, they'll be hosting regional. Uh, Auburn baseball is at Texas A&M. Softball's got Kentucky. Uh, and then there is a football scrimmage, which should be going on right now. I'm going to head over in a little while, uh, and I doubt I'll get a chance. I'm one thing I'm I'm very sure of is they don't want live commentary from the scrimmage <laughs> while it's going on. So you think you'll be out of there before the end of the show? You think that's you, what I'm wondering. I don't know. Okay. I mean, well, if you gave the call, yeah, sure. Yeah. If it's done and we're waiting for uh, for Coach Harson, because now they did say Coach Harson. Should be available for the media around six fifteen, so that probably means it's going to be six or a little after by the time it's done. Well, we'll await word, you know, from you if you can't make it. You know, we'll just talk to you on Monday as far as uh, the updates on on what happened in the scrimmage. But no, I definitely wanted to give you a chance. I've missed a lot of the show uh, over the last few months. I wanted to give you a chance to come well, you, see the you've scrimmage. Been, you, you've had basketball. I have had basketball. You know, the season is uh, you know the, se- the season's unfortunately over for us, but uh, uh, but no, I'm I'm happy to. Uh, I'm happy to uh, to 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 take the second hour of the show while you go see the uh, go go see the scrimmage, go see the open viewing window. Yeah, and 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 really, uh, th- this is really intriguing. I mean, because I think this is a big day for a lot of players, um, a lot of guys trying to make their mark and put themselves, you know, in the too deep. 
if they're not already there. Yeah, and I wouldn't even say, I mean, for veteran players who are you know trying to get another look or trying to sort of change the story of, of their career, the guys who have received a lot of playing time, mm-hmm. it's not so important for them, right? It's the guys who not are... Not as important, no. If you're looking at players who haven't played very much college football, especially guys who were, what, red shirters, you know, red, red shirting two freshmen on, on last year's team... I mean that those those are players who could really make a move if they impress in situations like the one today. Not just today. You can play out of your mind today, but that maybe doesn't that doesn't settle things one way or the other, but th- this is this is an opportunity. I'm thinking, you know, a position we haven't talked that much about this spring um would be really interesting to watch today and that's linebacker because there's a new position coach you don't have Owen Popo out there playing right now. So you've got a lot of guys trying to be, you know, step up and and be one of the the starters or in the playing rotation. You know, we keep hearing um what a good spring Cam Riley's having. Um and then, you know, West Steiner, Desmond Tisdall, the the transfer and, and Eugene Asante. Uh, I think it'll be I think it'll be interesting to just see how the linebackers look out there today and and uh you know some of the some of the other guys on the defensive front other than Kobe Wooden and Marcus Harris I'm talking on the interior and then there there aren't many other guys to to really be looking at other than Derek Call and Echo Leota at the edge you know so so we watch Dylan Brooks and see how he does right and, and that's another situation where I mean we talked with Justin Ferguson yesterday edge and receiver Feel like the two spots they're where the, they're the thinnest, where they scholarship would, wise. They for sure. they probably need to add players simply for depth, but they also probably need to add players who can contribute, mm-hmm. right? I mean, they'd love to be able to especially add, especially at receiver, especially at receiver. I mean, you'd love to be able to add someone who isn't just uh, you know in case of emergency break glass and and put this guy on the field. You'd rather have it be somebody who has a track record as a college football player that that he can come in and you know not just push for a spot on the team. But push for a spot on the two deep, or even a spot in the starting lineup. Auburn added Demetrius Robertson last year from Georgia right. after spring practice after spring. That's because right. they saw a receiver as a position where they needed to add veteran with you know maybe not very many years of eligibility left. Robertson was in his final year, but somebody who'd played snaps in major conference college football, or at least had demonstrated that, that he belonged, you know, in the starting lineup for a college football team. Yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about I mean, last year at this time we were talking about a guy that could come into the portal and we never really talked that much about uh about it. You about Jalen Tolbert? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. We did, can we say I, his name now? Yeah, I think we can. Okay. I mean Jalen Tolbert has uh had a couple of very impressive performances so, for NFL scouts. A, a, a an outstanding receiver at South Alabama. So the rumor, the rumor I heard, and I think this is what went. You know, there were there were whispers of what was going around. What I heard about Jalen Tolbert was that he was not happy with the coaching change, right? And not liked, happy when the change happened. Well, I, and I, I think especially that he wasn't going to keep his receivers coach. I don't know right. if it was so much the head coach had, had you know had, had played his way out of the job, uh, but. Uh, the receivers coach was well liked, and I think there was the belief that if South Alabama made a change, and I believe they did make a change they to did. a different receivers coach, that Jalen Tolbert would explore his options in the portal. Uh, was I don't think he was draft eligible last year. I think he still needed it. Maybe he was draft. He eligible. was draft. So it was, yeah, he, he, he could explore his draft or uh, transfer portal options. And you know, even around South Alabama, what what I heard, you know, again as 
not I'm not super plugged into that corner of the Sun Belt, but you know I, I hear things. Right, uh, was that he was uh, he was considering uh, you know um, among he was considering his options, and his options would have included leaving for major conference football. And Auburn was a team looking for receivers at that point. Auburn, Auburn was the most likely landing spot had he done that. And what I heard was that Auburn passed on a couple of other receivers yeah. because they thought more of Jalen Tolbert who then decided to stay at South Alabama. Had a great senior season, and um, we'll be taken in the NFL draft. All right, we're, we're halfway done here on the Friday drive. I'm going to head over to uh, Jordan-Hare Stadium. Dan will be here for hour number two. Come on in. 321-1390. That's the Kia of Auburn hotline here on the Friday edition of The Drive. Auburn Opelika's Sports Leader. ESPN 1067. A broadcast service of Auburn Network Incorporated. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. And on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in our number two of the... Friday edition of The Drive. Dan Peck in the WOW Business Studio where you can get the speed you need with WOW Business. Visit wowforbusiness.com Bill Cameron is going to the open scrimmage on Auburn's campus to watch the football team in the second half of our number two. So he's going to call in if he's available, if not, he will uh, just uh, tell us on Monday about his adventures on campus. But wanted to give Bill a chance to uh, see the open scrimmage now that it was sort of a uh, a surprise announcement from Auburn earlier today that the media would be invited to watch a portion of the scrimmage. And, you know, we went over in our conversation in hour number one with Jason Caldwell. We went over some of the things that Jason and Bill will both be looking for at that scrimmage. I'd love to know, you know, sort of from uh, from folks listening. We talk a lot about this, uh, you know, the spring practice for Auburn. You know, what what uh, what are you hoping to hear more about, or where are you hoping to hear or see improvement between now and the end of a day on this football team? Is there a player you're excited to see or hear more about? That's something you know. What we've we've got candidates, and I ask uh, the the beat writers all the time. I'll throw it open to a. Uh, uh, to, to all of you, 334-321-1390. That's the number to dial, the Kia of Auburn hotline. Want to thank Kia of Auburn for everything they do. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. You can also text us, 334-564-1840. The Drive Text Box, presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. 
Of course, Southeastern Industrial Contractors, big shout out to our buddy Derek. They also present the podcast, which you can find uh, after every episode of The Drive. We upload podcasts to your favorite podcasting platform. Search for The Drive with Bill Cameron, and you should find the show, no problem. That's also presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. We've got uh, some uh, some audio uh, this week from different Auburn football players and coaches who have uh, spoken to the media, the new assistant coaches. We ran some of uh, of, uh, of Jimmy Brumbaugh and Ike Hilliard yesterday. Uh, yesterday, Christian Robinson was great. So we'll uh, we'll see if there's time in hour number two. Uh, we'll run a little bit of the uh, the new linebackers coach, who's a uh, yeah very engaging and uh, and and charming guy who. Uh, you know, c- comes in with a, a reputation as a recruiter. So, uh, you would imagine that Christian Robinson, it makes sense that this is somebody who's, uh, who's ready to, uh, contribute and, and help, uh, aid Brian Harson in the, uh, the quest for talent, you know, trying to, trying to bring Auburn, uh, and, and the roster back to, uh, closer to the top of the SEC. And they got their work cut out for him, but at the same time, uh, you know, there's, there's no reason to believe, uh, that it, uh, that it, that it can't be done with the right people. Uh, in the uh, in in the right jobs. So three three four three two one thirteen ninety. You want to talk about that? There's also, I think, a really exciting slate of Sweet Sixteen basketball games tonight. Last night we got. Last night did not disappoint. I know your, your bracket may be in tatters. Gonzaga and Arizona uh, both biting the dust. Maybe you don't want to see Coach K anymore, and you're tired of Duke, and you were ready for that ride to end, and you're disappointed that they were able to pull out what what seemed like. It was not going. To, I mean, it was not going Duke's way for especially early, right? I mean, Texas Tech jumped all over them, and uh, and they Duke was able to weather the storm. And now you get what we were saying uh, on uh, we were saying in hour number one. You get two great looking basketball games tomorrow: Houston Villanova and Arkansas Duke. I mean, even though nobody's a one seed, that's everything you want in two games with the Final Four on the line. And and I I just yeah I can't wait to see that. And tonight. I mean, there's interesting storylines in all four of these basketball games. North Carolina and UCLA. UCLA's trying to get back to the Final Four for the second year in a row. North Carolina's trying to continue. Something of a surprise run, a revival, you know, from the way that team was playing earlier in the season. They beat Duke in uh, Coach K's farewell game. Uh, they, you know, really jumped all over Baylor before that game got competitive again, surprisingly, in the final few minutes and then in overtime. Uh, but Carolina, I mean, a couple of really impressive performances against two teams that were thought of as two of the best in the nation. Now you've got a uh, yeah game between, and not to mention the, the history, the national championships, the final fours, the great NBA players that have worn these two shades of blue. So, yeah, you get a, a, a matchup of two real, it's Blue Bloods. It's, it's Carolina and, and UCLA, and the winner is in the Elite Eight. St. Peter's, I mean, they also wear blue. But that's, I mean, that's where the similarities end, right? I mean, this is, this is the MAC, the M-A-A-C, not even the MAC that plays like Tuesday and Wednesday night football on ESPN. It's, it's not even that MAC. This is, this is a, this is a different, this is not a conference that routinely appears in the Sweet 16 or, you know, even the round of 32. Right, I mean, they they make it to the they make it to the NCAA's every year because they have to. You know, someone from the league's got to make it, but I mean, that's that's usually where the ride ends. But not for St. Peter's after you know conquering the state of Kentucky last weekend with wins over Kentucky and Missouri and Kentucky and Murray State. Now they've got Purdue 
one of the best teams left in the field, Purdue. I think it makes sense because of St. Peter's. Purdue's the biggest favorite in this round, including the games from last night. They're a 13-point favorite over St. Peter's. I think it's it's fair to expect this ride to end, but I don't know how many people thought this ride was ever going to start. Like, I mean, they, they weren't supposed to beat Kentucky. They weren't supposed to beat Murray State. So, clearly it's count this team out at their own peril. As Bill pointed out in hour number one, uh, there have been two other 15 seeds that have made it this far in the NCAA tournament. Florida Gulf Coast a decade ago. Oral Roberts did it. Or was it was it Oral or Abilene who did it? Was it, Ab, it was Abilene Christian last year or Oral Roberts who, who did it? Was uh, It was Oral Roberts last year, right, who made it uh, this far uh, in the uh, in, in last year. I think Abilene was like a 14. That also that also made it uh, pretty far, but no, you're right. Oral uh, Oral Roberts was a was a twenty was a uh, they they were eliminated by Arkansas in the Sweet Sixteen last year. So, I mean, you, you've seen you've seen fifteen seeds make it this far, but this is as far as it's it's ever gone for any fifteen seed before them. Not that that's standing in St. Peter's way. The bigger problem is Purdue is gigantic. Like it, this, this is a different kind of challenge than what. For, you know what St. Peter's saw in the in the first two rounds to take nothing away from Kentucky, uh, but I mean these I mean the guys in the you know in the front court for Purdue are just I mean it's this is going to be a real challenge for St. Peter's maybe they can do it I mean it, it's Purdue's not infallible or anything but I mean you you, you start looking at it, it's you know really really impressive size and then also Jaden Ivey who you know six four guard but one of the best guards in all of college basketball paired up with. Yeah, those. I mean, say what six seven and seven four. I think in in the in the front court, Zach Eady's enormous. The, uh, the 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 big Canadian fella. So I mean, it, no, it's a. I, I don't know. I, I'd be I'd be really surprised if St. Peter's won. But you know, that's not the first time I've said that about that team in the tournament, and yet here they are. So I would you know I think there's a I don't know there's a there's a lot to like about that. And then Providence, Kansas, Kansas, the last one seed in the field. Maybe the best team left in the field. I mean, some folks would argue, you know, on paper between the the two teams that advanced last night and the the eight teams that are or the four teams that advanced last night and the eight teams that are playing today, the twelve teams left in the field. Maybe Kansas is not just the last one seed left, but the best team on paper left in the field. I mean, I I was skeptical of Providence all season long. It's not necessarily going to go away, but you know, at some point. At some point, somebody has to beat Providence and like expose them as uh, a fraud if they're allegedly a fraud. Here they are at twenty-seven and five, and uh, they—I mean, they—they've lost a couple of games in conference, but uh, you know, they maybe they caught a break because it was Richmond in the in the round of thirty-two. But they're in the Sweet Sixteen. They beat a thirteen and a twelve to get there, but you know, here here they are. So I, I just would—I don't know. I I think Kansas wins. I'm you know my my skepticism of. What Providence has been able to do this year uh, is isn't. Uh, I'm not ready to to shed it uh, quite yet. But I mean, it's it's a, that's a that's a dangerous Providence team that that's found a way to play uh, found a play found a way to play some inspired basketball in the NCAA tournament. And then Iowa State Miami, which is going to be just a. I mean, that's a. I mean, those teams are wearing brass knuckles. Right? This this, this game's going to be low scoring, super physical. The guards are going to be beating. The living hell out of each other. There's not going to be, and not even like, I don't know if there's going to. I mean, I wouldn't expect a ton of fouls, but I would expect these two teams to. I mean, they're. they're I think. I think this would be. And we've seen games where the where the refs let them play. This feels like one where, yeah, I would just expect like a lot of ice 
for for the for the winning team and the losing team too after after Miami and Iowa State. I think Miami's going to win. I I think Drew. I think the ride continues for. I mean Miami. Miami could be the last ACC team left in the field. I didn't have that one on my on my board a couple of weeks ago, but Duke's made it to the to the Elite Eight. I'm I'm rooting against you. I'm rooting against UNC in the uh, in in the in in the in the one tonight. So I don't know. It's uh. Uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what ends up happening with the uh, with with the Miami Hurricanes. But I think you've got a. I think you've got a good looking. I think you got a good shot at, at the Elite Eight, and maybe even further than that. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. The number to dial. I'll tell you what we're going to we get some audio ready, and we're going to play that for you when we come back. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Friday edition of the Drive. Time to churn up some more yardage on the Drive. Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in our number two of the Friday edition of the drive. Bill and Dan, Bill has uh, taken off for campus. He's going to go check out the scrimmage, which we learned earlier today is open to members of the media. Part of the Auburn football scrimmage will be open to members of the media. And then Brian Harson will speak to the media right around 6.15, answering some questions about different developments in the program. I think this is the first time Coach Harson will have spoken to the media since D. Davis decided to go into the transfer portal. Roe Torrance going into the portal as well. So a couple players that people thought might compete for spots on the two deep uh, this season, uh, deciding early in spring practice to go try their luck somewhere else. Speaking of the transfer portal, I think I think uh I think Bill and Jason talked about or no Bill and uh and Justin Ferguson talked about Devin Cambridge at the beginning of of yesterday's show. But Devin Cambridge, the Auburn uh, basketball junior uh, deciding uh, with two years of eligibility remaining that he's going to try his luck somewhere else in college basketball. A key contributor for Auburn, often off the bench these last couple of seasons, but a guy who uh, yeah, he's, he, uh, he he played in virtually every game this year, was a starter half the year, played throughout his first uh, two years at Auburn as well, finishes his career 91 games played, six points, Three rebounds. Uh, his brother Desmond is also in the portal. Uh, you wonder if maybe they're going to consider teaming up somewhere. His brother played for. Uh, uh, his brother actually scored 16 points a game at Nevada this past year. So you wonder if there could maybe be a reunion between the two brothers and they could decide to go play somewhere together for the first time in their college basketball careers. Yeah, disappointing that Devin. I mean, it's it's. Uh, you know, I think that's a guy who would have liked to, you know, have have a strong three year career at Auburn and then bounce to the to the NBA or something. Instead, you know, it, it it's on to something else in college basketball. But yeah, I mean, wishing wishing Devin Cambridge nothing but success in the uh, in the future. You know, that's a guy who, uh, you know, clearly, I mean, some really memorable moments in his Auburn career, some highlights that we'll see. You know, and you know, when people put together memories of of this season or last season or the the 2020 team. Uh, that was playing really well when when COVID took the NCAA tournament off the board. I mean, Devin Cambridge was part of of some of those 
really memorable plays. So yeah, hopefully, I think it'd be, I think it'd be really cool if Devin and his brother got to play together. And and I think it'd be uh, yeah, all the all the best to Devin as he uh, as he tries out as he tries his name in the transfer portal. Speaking of the transfer portal, that's something that we were uh, when we were talking about football in the first hour. The idea that. Auburn might be looking at a couple of key positions. They're going to be evaluating this spring some of the players that haven't seen very much playing time in their Auburn careers at positions like receiver and edge rusher. But there may they may still be going into the portal looking for experience or depth or both, depending on how the current players perform this spring. Linebacker. Maybe Auburn needs to add players. Maybe they just need to see more out of the current group. Christian Robinson was brought in as the new linebackers coach. He talked to the media uh, earlier this week. Uh, here's what uh, Coach Robinson had to say. In drills, that we have that structure. And anytime you have clear-cut leaders that accept it and, and emphasize what coaches, their coaches on the field. I, I, that's how your team is able to grow because... It's all about, we talk about foundations. Well, leadership is a part of that. And to have that and to see it on a day-to-day basis is really exciting as a coach. And um, it's it's a totally different team from everything I've, I've heard. Christian, what's, mm-hmm. it, what's it been like to uh, to make the transition to here to Auburn and mm-hmm. jump in in the spring and, and uh, kind of hit, hit the ground running? It's been exciting, you know, um, from day one. Uh, I, I know I've talked about being a part of uh, the basketball team's win over Kentucky, just being here and, and seeing the excitement around the program. Um, it's a it's a, a town and it's a university that it takes great pride in what they do. Um, very hardworking and uh, to be able to represent them, that's something I don't take lightly. Um, grew up playing in the stadium and every time I've had a recruit uh, and we walk over or we go through things in, in the stadium, I, I do get goosebumps because I remember, I know what that Saturday feels like and um, it's one of the, the best venues in all of college football and I, I think in terms of recruiting, developing, um, building relationships, there's not a better place to be able to do that in the hotbed of recruiting in, in the Southeastern Conference. How beneficial is that knowledge of Auburn, knowing mm-hmm. what Auburn is and what mm-hmm. it's capable of, and you take on this role? I think it's understanding what the expectation is. Um, uh, we want to compete for championships. That's the, that's the standard. Um, and, and doing that, it's one person at a time. And the Auburn community is a part of that. I, I, it's really easy when we have kids on campus and people know that they're football players and, and they're hollering at, them, hollering at them, calling out their names. Like that, that has an impact because that just says that there's a commitment to not only supporting the team, but uh, what what they're going to get when they get here. Uh, you point out the new facility. That, that shows that the community and the, the people that have gone here want to continue to push it forward. This is a great facility. Um, they want uh, the best and to continue to push that, and it will be the best in all of college football. When, when you think about kind of your, your room, mm-hmm. what's what your your first take on taking over that linebacker room? Obviously, some, some big losses there, but mm-hmm. you got a lot of numbers and mm-hmm. guys this spring. Mm-hmm. What What's your overall impression of the guys you got so far? Uh, I really think we have a lot of continuity. Um, I walked in the room, and uh, they – have done a great job of understanding how you go through an install, how you go through a practice. Um, having Coach Schmidt here too, I mean, it makes it easy because it's not like there was uh, a loss of any kind. It's it's a continuation and uh, and uh, an ampli- I, I can amplify what's been going on from uh, my my point of view. 
Um, I think the numbers have been great. Just having that many bodies uh, allows us to get reps. Uh, we can move quicker through drills because we have people to work with. And um, I'm excited because I think every level of, you know, the Owen Papos uh, to guys that, uh, you know, might be giving a look in practice, um, they're fully focused on being here. And that, that makes my job enjoyable because I get to come teach. That was Auburn linebackers coach Christian Robinson, uh, who was talking to the media uh, in detail, really for the first time since he was uh, since he was hired uh, earlier this off season as Auburn's new uh, linebackers coach and a guy who's uh, I mean he's he's, he's got, he sounds pretty enthusiastic about the group that he's uh, he's found himself in charge of. Uh, this is this is somebody who's been around the SEC as a uh, as as a player and as a coach and uh, and somebody who yeah there, there's. Um, there, there's there's a lot of excitement and, and even even if he um uh and I know it was I think it was his first it was his first job full time was at Florida but he'd been around the SEC at a couple different spots as graduate assistants and he'd he'd worked for some you know for, it's it's an inspiring list I mean Christian Robinson's resume uh, for a guy his age is uh, is impressive and and you would think you know there's a movement towards younger coaches you know especially as as guys who maybe have an advantage in recruiting being able to relate. To 18 to 22 year olds, you know, because they were more recently that age themselves. And, you know, it remains to be seen. I mean, I, that, that's not to say this is a job that you, you can't do at a certain age, but Christian Robinson, very young linebackers coach, but a guy there's a lot of excitement about. And you, you heard him uh, uh, talking to the media there uh, yesterday. Somebody else, there's been a lot of comment about uh, regarding Auburn Spring football uh, this, uh, this uh, you know, the last, the last week, week and a half or so is Killian Zier. The offensive lineman uh, from uh, originally from Germany, uh, one of the nation's top junior college offensive linemen, a couple of years ago. You know he's had a, a sort of a star-crossed Auburn career thus far, but was able to get into the starting lineup more consistently at the end of the 2021 season. He looks like your starting left tackle right now, going into uh, 2022. And uh, and here's what uh, Killian said when talking to the media a little bit earlier this week too. Sort of the, the processes a lot of guys on this whole line have decided to come back for that extra year. Yeah. And have you sort of been involved in conversations with them? What what's, has that process been like? Yeah, so they, the entire year, they're, I think all of them have been thinking about coming back. Yeah. And I think four out of six came back. Um, I think Bro's the only one that left for the NFL, which I think everybody kind of knew. Um, but yeah, I think they, they didn't like the way our last season ended and they wanted to come back and make sure we have another they have a good year to finish it out. Was that, do you think that sort of put guys over the edge? Like like if it was going to be like an 8-4 and 9-3 or nine and three kind of year, maybe they don't come back, but, but it felt like there was that unfinished business specifically because it didn't end so well? Maybe. You should ask sure. them. But um, I'd say definitely, you know, losing five games at the end of the year contributed to that. But they could have still come back if you were 12-0. I, but it probably a little bit. Have the coaches had any conversations with y'all about the new quarterback battle and kind of what it means for y'all to have a veteran group kind of working in front of that QB, or does it just kind of feel like business as usual and you kind of let them do their thing? How, how, I guess how much yeah. does that help a new quarterback when you guys have so much experience coming back up front? So TJ, you know, he started the last couple of games, and, you know, with all the guys coming back, we kind of know TJ knows us. Um, of course, there is there is always competition, especially in the spring, because there's mo- more time than you know in fall camp. We have to get ready for a game. Yeah. I don't think it matters too much to the O line. Um, it's just you know if you know how TJ plays and his cadence and all that stuff, 
that definitely helps compared to when all the new guys come in. But it's, it's always the same for the old line. Yeah. It doesn't change that much. What's TJ been like? It seems like he's a pretty good leader. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I think he has grown a lot into the role, um, especially now that he, he's, I wouldn't, well, since TJ is the only really guy coming back from last year, he's kind of the guy right now. Um, and he's definitely been a leader over the last couple weeks or months. What have you seen out of Robbie this spring since he came over for He's done a great job so far. Um, I can't tell you too much about quarterback play because don't know too much about it. You know? <laughs> yeah. um, but he's definitely done a great job so far. That was Auburn offensive lineman Killian Zier talking with the media a little bit. I loved how they, they tried to get some quarterback details out of the left tackle. He's not watching that. He's, he's got his back turned to the. I mean, he can. He can. I mean, what, what do you want him to tell you? How how you know how much people cheer after each after each pass lands? I mean, I I don't know. That's it's. I mean, I, I guess you're looking for information wherever you can find it. You know, I'm not going to blame anybody for asking questions, but yeah, shout out shout out to Killian for not. For just sort of acknowledging, I, I, that's not my job. I don't know, I don't know quarterback play. I can't tell you all that much about it because it's, it's a, a, a refreshing, a refreshing change of pace. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety, the number to dial. Love to hear from you. You know, what are you excited about with this, uh, with the spring practice? What are, uh, you know, if, if you're, you, you got any thoughts on, on the tournament so far? I think we have some great games last night. Looking forward to some more of them tonight as well. Hoping to hear from Bill Cameron. He's watching the open practice right now over on Auburn's campus. We'll see if he gets out in time to give us something of a dispatch. If not, uh, we will, uh, we'll await word on Monday as to uh, what occurred with, uh, with the NCAA or with the, uh, with, with Auburn scrimmage. Uh, this, uh, you know, on, on campus and Brian Harson's remarks following the scrimmage. He's going to talk for the first time since a couple of players, talk to the media for the first time since a couple of players, uh, made a decision to go into the transfer portal. You wonder if he'll, uh, single anybody out for praise, if he'll shine any, you know, if, if he'll shine any light on the, on, on the quarterback battle and who's got the upper hand with the different, uh, Auburn quarterbacks. You know, it seems like it's a four man race now. We were talking with Jason Caldwell. In hour number one, and he cautioned us, don't, don't expect this to be resolved or or even reduced down to two quarterbacks anytime soon. There could be a three quarterback battle. It could be a four quarterback battle. Uh, you know, going into uh, the spring and beyond uh, between the different candidates that we have. Uh, here vying to be Auburn's quarterback. So, you know, whether it's Calzada or Ashford or Gurner or TJ Finley, who seems to be making a push to keep his job, uh, yeah, I think it could be a while uh, before, and, and maybe not. Maybe it's obvious as to who it has to be, and one guy is outperforming everyone else so clearly that, you know, the, the contest is more or less over. Barring that, and that feels unlikely, barring that, yeah, this, this could be, you know, it could be a while before. You know Auburn is is close to naming a starting quarterback. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. The number to dial. Allen is on the line. What's up, bud? Hey Dan, I just I missed a little bit of the show, and I know you were talking about transfer portal, and we lost Devin. What's the status of the incoming class? I think we have a line on one of these LSU players. Right. And so we had two commitments in addition to that, right? So there's there's the um, yeah there you have the Auburn commitments at the moment. And there's, as far as new additions, Auburn is in on, 
you've got the uh, you got Johan the um, the the LSU post who was the player committed to LSU the five star uh, who's uh, you know was I think it feels pretty good sounds like next week he's going to decide between Auburn and Texas Tech and Auburn is uh, uh, in, in in good position earlier today now there was news that Auburn could be in on an LSU guard who was a, a very impressive player I don't have his numbers right in front of me but no you know Auburn. It's it's early in the process as far as rebuilding, uh, you know, and replacing the players that that could depart from this year's team. Uh, but Auburn sounds like they're getting a jump on it, and with some of the turnover you've seen around the SEC, you wonder if there could be a lot of players in the portal who are maybe looking to stay in the SEC and might choose Auburn over uh, over some of the other possibilities. Allen, uh, you didn't want to cut you off. Stay on the line if you'd like. We're about to take our hard break, and we'll get back to you when we begin the segment at the bottom of the hour. Still open to hear back from Bill Cameron. Love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. Stick around. This is The Drive. Now, more of The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. This is The Drive, Friday edition. Dan Peck in the WOW Business Studio. Drew at the controls. Bill Cameron is out watching the uh, scrimmage. Hopefully, uh, he'll be able to uh, join us uh, by the end of the show as there's a a brief viewing window on campus. They get mad when he calls from the viewing window and provides live commentary. Apparently, that's they're not supposed to be providing video or pictures on social media while it's happening. They're supposed to wait till it's over. And they also don't want Bill Cameron calling in, uh, even though they keep scheduling these things during our show. You know, I don't know who I need to talk to about. Like, yeah, we we love that. We love that there's access provided. You know, we're we're, we're very happy about that. But uh, you know, we, we you know we we got a show to do here, folks. You know, we we don't want to. At least I do. You know, we we got a got a show. So Johan Trehor, by the way, we had a Allen's call in the uh, in in the last uh, in the last segment. Allen Trehor or Johan Trehor. Was the uh, was the big man who decommitted from LSU? Auburn expected to be in the mix for him, which may, you know, it it, it may suggest Walker Kessler is considering moving on if if Auburn is making a play for a lot of posts. At the same time, you don't know, um, you you don't necessarily know about you know what what Walker what Walker Kessler is thinking, and you know, he, he could he could very well decide to come back independent of 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 uh, Yeor's decision. Uh, but then you've got um, uh, you you've got. Uh, Julian Phillips, right? Who's the uh, uh, th- this is this is somebody who uh, you know in, in the last day or so uh, has has been talked about. He was a uh, an LSU uh, commitment uh, who uh, you know is, is I guess been released from his uh, he's, he's he's got he was granted a release, so he's back on the market too. And Auburn could be in the mix for uh, for, for for Julian Phillips. So there are you know already you know with the NCAA tournament still going on and and with a lot of. Uh, uh, with, with a lot of, of players who still might decide to go into the transfer portal, uh, this is a, uh, uh, you know, it does seem like Auburn's coaching staff is busy recruiting and trying to reload from uh, last year's roster, which still has, uh, you know, which still has some spots where uh, maybe, maybe they could uh, uh, they, they could decide to 
to uh, to to upgrade or go in a different direction. You know, still got some underclassmen who have decisions to make as far as what to do uh, with Auburn. But uh, yeah, I mean, it seems like this is a team that that has no intention of dropping back to the uh, and and that's. When you look at every every school in the SEC now in men's basketball, I mean, there were so many changes made because maybe average, you know, is is not cutting it at, at some of these schools. You know, you you wonder if, I mean, now now the guys that were able to survive but didn't make the NCAA tournament, maybe Kermit Davis is the only one of the coaches that kept their job in the SEC. But well, Jerry Stackhouse, you know, there's there's a few, but there, I mean, and even Jerry Stackhouse, I mean, they were they were vastly improved from what you had. Uh, in, in, in his, uh, you know, the beginning of his his Vanderbilt tenure. So, yeah, I mean, this is a conference where you better reload. I mean, you you better find a way to stay on top because, you know, everyone else who's every other coach is trying to, and the ones that the ones that aren't are getting replaced by coaches that will. I mean, it, there's a a lot of new blood in this conference, mid major, uh, you know, young and hungry guys who are getting their first shot or. Well, actually, for most of them, it is their their first shot in a major conference, and they're all gunning for the the conference title that Auburn won in the regular season this year, and they want to be, you know, whether whether it's Auburn or Kentucky or Tennessee, you know, they they, they want to be in the top two. So, yeah, Bruce Pearl is, uh, you know, he's showing no signs of slowing down, and he can't because there's uh there's too much competition in the in the SEC these days, including an Arkansas team that beat Gonzaga last night. They're still alive in the Elite Eight, maybe going to the Final Four. Arkansas-Duke, going to be a great game on Saturday night in the NCAA tournament. 334-321-1390, the number to dial. Let's get to Jerry, who's on the line. What's up, Jerry? Hey, Dan. Um, I remember Auburn football signed a commitment to two-sport star. And I just wondered, I don't remember his name right off, but uh, I just wonder what his plans were. Is he going to try to play two sports at Auburn? You know, I I think Trey Alexander, who's the, um, or no, that's not Trey Alexander. Yeah. It's the, no, no, Trey Alexander's a different guard. It's the, um, I can't believe I'm blanking on his name, too. It's the it's the uh, the multiple sports signee who is, it, it's, he's, he's primarily expected to play basketball, I believe. And then the football thing really? is, uh, is is something that, I mean, he's, He's stated his goal of playing football, but it sounds like uh, he, he's he's going to um, he, he's going to it's. Anyways, I I can't pull I can't pull it up right now because I got to talk to you at the same time. But it's a uh, Drew. Try to find the try to find the, the dual sport commitment for me. Uh, he's he's primarily a basketball player who will. Uh, oh, okay. Who, who you know he, I think that there's there's the anticipation that he may also try football, but I believe he was primarily brought to Auburn to play basketball. Okay, I think he's from Florida, wasn't he? I believe that's correct. Trey Donaldson, Trey Donaldson okay. not Trey Alexander. That's that's why I, I knew I had the Trey part right. It's Trey Donaldson <laughs> is the uh, is is the is the dual sport uh, signee from uh, that, that Auburn is bringing in. Who's I think I think primarily expected to contribute as a, as a guard in basketball. Okay, thanks for the info. Absolutely glad glad I could help if if that was in any way helpful. Can't imagine he's a, a Tallahassee guy. He's from the uh, from the Florida State school. They um, Auburn signed a. Uh, I think Auburn signed a football player out of the uh, out, of, out of the Florida State School uh, as well, a uh, or, or another Tallahassee kid a, a year ago who um, was uh, was was close with, uh, with with Trey Donaldson. But no, that's a that's an exciting guy. I mean, he's I think I think his his especially immediately his contributions in either sport would be as a guard on next year's Auburn team, and he's maybe somebody else who can provide uh, depth or or even uh, push for uh, you know real real time. 
as as one of the options at guard for Bruce Pearl uh, next year. But the the football contributions he has he has the aspirations to play both of them. Um, you know, it sounds like it's it sounds like basketball is the is is at least at the start the place where he's going to have more of a chance to contribute immediately. Uh, but football, you know, could could also be there as as an option as well, especially if. You know, I think if if basketball, I don't want to make the decision for the young man, but like if basketball, uh, you know, isn't where he's uh, where where he's uh, you know where, where his it, he's expected to have a huge contribution as a uh, as a college football player, maybe in basketball he could be the uh, you know he, he could or he can't contribute as a basketball player, maybe in football he could have a a, a big run three three four. Three two one thirteen ninety. The number to dial. Trey Donaldson is the um, is is the young man's name though, and and I, I knew I knew it, you know I was I would I'm glad I looked it up because I would have called him Trey Alexander the entire like I would have answered it as Trey Alexander. Till I remember, Trey Alexander was the Trey Alexander was the guard that ended up at Creighton that Auburn had committed who left because Auburn signed Desi Sills in basketball a year ago. But then Desi Sills ended up not coming to Auburn because of some academic issue. Desi Sills was the Arkansas guard that transferred from Auburn to Arkansas, from Arkansas to Auburn, and then had some sort of academic issue that popped up so he couldn't come to Auburn. Ended up playing at Arkansas State this year. One of several former Auburn players that ended up in the Sunbelt Conference, actually. I know uh, Turbo Jones and, uh, and, and Javon Franklin were both uh, on, on the court for South Alabama. At times this year, so Desi Sills, but Trey Alexander was the guard who didn't come to Auburn uh, after uh, Trezzy, after Desi Sills made his decision to transfer in. And Trey Donaldson is the football player uh, who will, uh, or the dual sport athlete. He's football and basketball. Although I think most of the folks who follow this sort of thing expect him to be more of a contributor in basketball than football, at least initially in his career. 334-321-1390, the number to dial. I've got some more audio for you when we come back, and I hope to hear from Bill Cameron as well. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to The Drive. Let's get back to The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. Final segment of our uh, number two, final segment of the week here on the Friday edition of The Drive. Bill and Dan in the WOW Business Studio. You can get the speed you need with super fast business internet. When you switch to WOW, visit wowforbusiness.com. Bill is observing the viewing window for the Auburn football team. He's uh, watching the scrimmage, uh, the minutes that the media is allowed to watch the scrimmage. Hopefully, Bill will be able to uh, step aside for a couple minutes, give us a call on, on what he saw. If not, uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll live with it. 334-321-1390, the number to dial. In the meantime, you know, want to tell you uh, uh, the uh, podcast. You, uh, if you ever miss any of this show, you can, of course, check out podcasts of the drive presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. Those are available on the ESPN 1067 app and wherever you get your podcasts. 
Also wanted to tell you, I know we mentioned it now, we're number one. Uh, we're very excited about the new addition to the Auburn Network family of radio stations. Check out Tiger Country 1045. When you're in the mood, I'm going to read the copy, Drew. You ready? When you're in the mood for some country music, real country music as it was meant to be, check out the all-new Tiger Country 1045 for the best country music ever made, period. Songs range from late 60s to early 2000s, but the heart and soul of Tiger Country is found in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. I'm putting the copy away. This is just off the dome. I listened for a few minutes earlier this week, heard some George Strait, Heard some Merle Haggard. I've I've heard Johnny Cash at other points in the week. Yeah, check out uh, Tiger Country 104.5. You're looking for a uh, something new on the radio dial. We're very excited about the uh, about the addition uh, to uh, to the Auburn Network family of stations. Real country, true country, Tiger Country 104.5. Go and uh, and check it out. Not again. Not during our show. Like don't don't flip over. Although I mean today you probably could have. But don't I mean. Don't, no, they, no, don't, no, don't flip. Yeah, Drew is asking if he can flip over and we can, you know, maybe we can find a way to, we, what we should do is we should just check in during commercial breaks and say, you know, hey, during the last one, if you, if you checked out Real Country 104.5, you heard, you know, Randy Travis or, or whatever, whatever's going on over there. Alabama is, is playing. Anyways, 334-321-1390, the number to dial as we, uh, as we <laughs> run out the clock. On the on the final on the final segment of the of the week here on the uh, on the drive, really excited. I last night's games in the NCAA tournament were outstanding. You got four thrilling, surprising outcomes in a couple of them. And I don't know how many people had Arkansas, had Houston, uh, even Duke was an underdog when when that game started. And now uh, you, you've you've got a couple of really compelling. Saturday matchups set with uh, with Villanova uh, taking on Houston and Arkansas taking on Duke. Those are four teams based on the way they're playing right now. I don't know if one team seems to be much better than the other three in the four games and in, in the two games you're going to see on Saturday. It seems like any of those teams could win it all. Any of those teams could could still. I mean, and, and I don't think either team is a big. I'll check the uh, the number I saw. I don't believe either team is a big uh, underdog. In the uh, in in the matchups on Saturday, I think uh, I think Villanova is a or no Houston's favored in San Antonio against Villanova, and Duke is uh, just a couple of points uh, favored over Arkansas. So yeah, I think we're I think we're in for a pair of great games on Saturday. Now that the matchups are set from last night, and then tonight, I mean North Carolina UCLA. If you're a college basketball fan, you can't miss. Uh, a Sweet 16 matchup between North Carolina and UCLA. Kansas, the 1-1 one, one seed left in the field. They're playing at 629 on TBS against Providence, a dangerous Providence team that a lot of people have counted out throughout the regular season. And, you know, Providence was a trendy pick to be upset in the uh, in the first round. I think I was, uh, I was guilty of it along with some other people that thought Providence might be one of those teams, you know, as, as a vulnerable four seed in the first round. They're a win over Kansas away from going to the Elite Eight and having as good a shot as anybody in the Elite Eight of, of continuing that run to the Final Four and to the championship. The action starts with, if Coach K weren't retiring, the story of this NCAA tournament would be St. Peter's. I mean, they're a, they're a, a 15 seed that most people had never heard of. 
uh, Jersey City, New Jersey. Uh, that you know they're playing in a conference. You know most most people and and even a lot of college basketball fans couldn't tell you very much about if they can beat Purdue. You know one of the most incredible runs in NCAA tournament history continues. Maybe becomes. You know, if they can become the first 15 seed to ever make it to the Elite Eight, maybe it is, you know, the, the most incredible run we've seen in an NCAA tournament ever. Purdue has a lot to say about that, though. Purdue is a significant favorite tonight over St. Peter's for a reason. And then in your, uh, in your, in your headlining matchups tonight, you've, you've got North Carolina, UCLA. I think UCLA is as dangerous a starting five as anyone left in the field. Uh, and, and I, I won't be, uh, I know no outcome will surprise me because UCLA and UNC are both playing really, really good basketball. Those are two of the best teams left in the draw. They happen to play each other in this round, but they're the winner of that game is good enough to win the whole thing. And then Iowa State and Miami, I mean, these are two teams that were not expected to advance this far in the draw by virtually anyone. Iowa State looked like one of the more vulnerable at-large teams in the field. They limped into the field with two of their worst games in the month of March, you know, before the the reveal of the draw, they are they find a way to to put that behind them and and win a couple of NCAA games to get to the Sweet 16. If they can beat Miami tonight, Iowa State, the Cyclones are through to the Elite Eight. But that is a Miami team. It's tough to talk about because Auburn was on the receiving end of it, but Miami played so well on Sunday night. That team, it's not just Sunday night. I mean, this team has put together a couple of those performances this year. They weren't. Uh, consistent. It wasn't all season long they were able to, uh, to to play like this. But when they reach these highs, when they can get uh, to, to this level, they're good enough to beat anyone that gets in front of them. So I, I would look at Miami as a, as a team, not just tonight uh, as an extremely dangerous opponent, but as an extremely dangerous opponent for anybody uh, who, uh, who continues to, who, who may face them in, in the rest of this tournament. That's how good Larinaga and, and his crew, you know, that boy, that, that performance, don't want to ever watch it again. But boy, did they play well. Boy, did they play well Sunday night in the, uh, in, in the game uh, between, uh, between Larinaga and, uh, and, and, the, and the Auburn Tigers uh, for, uh, uh, for, for, you know, to, to, end, to end Auburn season. And a lot still, you know, there, there's going to be headlines regarding Auburn basketball in the, in the next few days and weeks. Could be departures, could be commitments. I mean, Auburn is, is I mean, we had Devin Cambridge uh, already make the decision this week uh, to go into the transfer portal. You've got some players that have decisions to make regarding the NBA or if they want to return, you know, to, to Auburn if they want to stay in college basketball. You know, it's just the era now. Like a lot of, a lot of players after every season could decide to switch schools or go pro or hang them up and you know not not play anymore at all. I mean, they're just it's it's tougher than ever to project at the end of a season what a roster is going to look like a year later because so much is still to be determined with this Auburn basketball team and with the with the amount of turnover we've had and could still have in college basketball. Who's to say? You know, there there, there isn't a starter level player that could enter the portal tomorrow for for these basketball teams and that's you know something that you know I know I know the the coaches are tracking it but this is a it's a busy time of year you know you want to start re-recruiting the players you'd like to keep finding new homes for the for, for some of the players you're trying to you know, help move on and 
trying to figure out how to replace the guys that that are leaving with with some new with some new talent. So it's a it's an exciting time. There's a it's a little bit like college football. The news cycle is much different now in college basketball. Even if your team has been eliminated, and Auburn, yeah, don't, don't uh, be surprised to see. And there's also the chance that Auburn's uh, one of Auburn's coaches gets a head coaching job. There's also the chance of between West Flanagan, Ira Bowman, even Stephen Pearl. Like I, I would think maybe watch out for mid-major programs uh, to uh, to consider with with the success Auburn has enjoyed the last couple of years. Maybe I mean we just saw Todd Golden, a, a former Bruce Pearl assistant who was the head coach at San Francisco, go from Bruce Pearl assistant to University of San Francisco to head coach. Now he's the head coach of the University of Florida. Maybe the Bruce Pearl coaching tree becomes more attractive and you start seeing uh, schools reach in and try to poach Auburn's assistants to be their new head coaches. I guess we're not going to hear from Bill. That's the music. Don't call now. No, Bill's, uh, you know, I, we're going we're gonna to talk to Bill on Monday about what he saw at the scrimmage going on right now. We're also, uh, we'll have remarks from Brian Harson following today's scrimmage. A lot of great basketball tonight and this weekend. Auburn baseball as well. We're going to have a lot to talk about on Monday. Great work, Drew. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you again soon. I'm Dan Peck. Thanks for listening. This has been The Drive. Good night.